0: Welcome to another edition of the 49er Goldcast. San Francisco, are you ready? Bay, 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 Bay. Bay. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the 49er Goldcast. This is the Bay Area Fan Perspective. I'm your host, Rudy Solisa Third, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Solisa First, baby. And our esteemed co-host.
1: <laughs> Old man Davis.
0: Boom! Week 15 is in the books, and man did the 49ers just sleepwalk through that one. Look in four minutes and twenty-three seconds. It went from zero zero, twenty-one nothing. Okay. The biggest stat of the night was that A.J. McCarron is the first Alabama quarterback to win an NFL game as the starting quarterback. <laughs> that was the
1: biggest stat. Yeah, that was the biggest stat of the night. We had a 24 nothing lead. Anytime you have a big lead, I mean, your mindset changes as an offense a little bit. And, uh, you know, it, it goes back to us. We, we just got to execute a little better. And First Alabama
0: quarterback to win an NFL game as the starting quarterback... Since Jeff Rutledge did it way back in November 15th, 1987, for those of you old enough and for those of you young enough who are are younger 49er fans, that was the year that in January the 49ers would go on to beat the Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals that we played today in Super Bowl twenty-three, my favorite Super Bowl of all time. The John Candy Drive, Harris Barton freaking out, Randy Cross freaking out. Joe, the legend, Montana, greatest drive in Super Bowl history to win the game.
1: Where are all the good men gone and where are all the
0: gods? What do we think, boys? Did the team just not show up or what?
2: to be honest, I've I've come to feel pretty numb. To be honest, like even when I called father, our unofficial fourth member of the Gold casts, after the game, I didn't even mention the game. I just said, you know what's gonna be so great about the offseason? I just skipped right over it. As if because it was like as if it didn't happen or if it I, I knew that was gonna happen, so there's no point in recapping what I already knew happened. But um it was just here's the thing. Cincinnati is a playoff bound team, and even without Andy Dalton, they're still complete. On the other two sides of the football, that being special teams and defense, their defense, their front four is amazing. So I was not very surprised at the results at all. I was surprised at the turnovers because Gabbert's been really good about that. And two of those three picks he threw today, the last one was kind of forced. It was crunch time. He was just kind of – that was a a Brett Favre attempt there, which is – we all know that that's happened – more times in Brett Favre's career than any other quarterback in history. So that's why I call it a Brett Favre play. You just kind of heave it and hope that it, that it gets there. Although in that case, Jerome Simpson could have actually aggressively gone for the ball versus just kind of sitting there waiting for it. It was kind of an easy read on the defensive side of the ball. But the other two picks came off of, guess who, Butterfingers, Mr. Vance McDonald, who I was starting to think... Deserved one final chance based on how he's played up to this game, but he went right back to the same old Vance McDonald and in this case led to two picks.
0: Ray, what do I say every week about Vance McDonald? I always say, I go, I'm pretty positive that guy plays for the Seattle Seahawks. He is the first double agent in the history of the 49ers because that guy drops more passes than T-Mobile drops calls. It really, it's horrible. He's the worst. When the ball is thrown, we need to catch it. We need to hold on to
1: it. That man is the illegitimate son of former Cincinnati Bengal quarterback Boomer Esiason. <laughs> yes, and he was looking for redemption. He was looking for redemption. Just he, not with San Francisco. No, against against them for and, and for Boomer. There was one pass that was potential for six points worth of a touchdown in which he let go by, passed over his head, over his hands, as if that ball was being thrown to another receiver. And that just goes to show you the inability to recognize. Ball is headed your way. You just grab it. Just grab it. Grab it. The
0: problem is is that when you throw to Vance McDonald, as, as a receiver, he has ten fingers, and those ten appendages, they, they, there's just they get in the way of actually holding the ball.
2: Yeah, that's actually
0: 10 obstacles for Vance McDonald. Yeah, it's 10 obstacles that get in the way. 10 opportunities to fail at catching the ball. I'm not sure what it is about Vance McDonald. When the ball is thrown, we need to catch it. We need to hold on to it.
2: It's just more the same. That's that's all there is to it. You know, lots, lots of pressure. Although we had, we matched the Bengals in sacks today, that was a big shocker. So I'm not sure where that was coming from. Either Ian Williams is getting better or we caught Cincinnati kind of playing loose on the line of scrimmage, you know, cuz we had Jimmy Ward and Eric Reed get sacks. Those are blitzes. Whenever you have safeties and corners uh coming in get, or getting sacks, you know, those are off blitzes. So either and I'm not trying to discredit Reed or Ward. Ward's had a really great second season, much better than his rookie campaign. So he's someone to look forward to in the future. Eric Reed played well today. Hopefully he bounces back. I really like what I saw of Gerald Hodges. According to NFL.com, he led the team in tackles today. And he did that right in front of Bowman, who was second in on the team with eight tackles. Yes. Well, the thing is, the two inside linebackers played stellar. They had, they did. you know, Gerald Hodges really, I think he compliments Bowman a lot better than Michael Wilhoyt does. He's got much better speed. He's got better coverage ability. And I've been saying this the last few weeks, even when he first was uh, traded to San Francisco, that this guy is definitely needs to start. So hopefully he, within the last few games, he can showcase himself much like he did today and show the uh, the coaching well. Who knows? It might not be the same coaching staff at the end of the year. I don't think it. I don't think it will
1: be. Till we understand that we cannot make those fundamental mistakes, we have got to understand that we cannot make those fundamental mistakes.
0: This loss solidified that Tom Sewell is not coming back, right? Like the last two, just
2: this. I, yeah, I think this one, this one was kind of an expected loss. Based, I mean, we're we're at that point now where we see teams and we're like, that's a loss, that's a loss, yeah. that's a loss, and yeah. and it, we were. But well, we didn't expect we them were, from the Browns, you know? No, well that's what I mean. We were at a point where we thought like, okay, we're not as bad as some of the worst in the NFL, uh, you know, i.e. Ravens, Browns, but then um, we go ahead and get blown out in Cleveland. So now you're thinking, wow, maybe things are w- worse than we thought, you know? So. Yeah. Uh, it just seems that way. So I think Detroit will kind of be the nail in the coffin for me. That's what I see happening going forward. But here's the thing. And this is what I spoke about with father is, and this is goes out to all the Niners fans. What do we look forward to in the future? So for me, I think the Niners are going to look so attractive in the offseason once coaches get fired, and top coordinators are available for interviews. And the reason the Niners are going to look so attractive is for a few reasons. Number one, we have a ton of cap space, which means we have a lot of spending power to sign guys that need to get signed and to bring in free agents to fill the gaps of guys that are no longer going to be with the team. You know, Eric Pierce, I mean you, Jordan Devi, I mean you, Vance McDonald, I mean you, just to name a few. So we have cap space. The other thing is we also have double-digit picks coming into the draft. And that's just with what we've Had so far, we don't know if Cap's going to be there or not. You're not going to let how many millions sit on the bench next year. He either has to start or renegotiate his contract. And we, if he gets down to, if we get down to renegotiating his contract, then he's going to opt for a trade more than likely because he's going to say, Hey, I'm a starter. I earn that money. And if you don't want to pay me that money, then I just trade me and I'll go somewhere else and start because I can start somewhere else. Yeah. And if that happens, then he's worth at least two picks, either late first round, early second round, is what I'm thinking. That we can get for them, which means Mm -hmm. so we're going to get loaded with picks, we're going to have cap space, and if cap goes, we're going to have more picks on top of that and more money on top of the cap space, which puts us in a very prime position to – put some really strong pieces in place for next season. And I think for any new coaching staff coming in there, that's got to be a very alluring factor to take into account when you're going through your interview process. Like, who's in a really good position here? Wow, San Francisco is. They have a lot of money to spend. They have a lot of drafts to work with. There's a lot you can do with that. And that's
0: true. There is. So, he still has a very good reputation as a GM.
2: He does. He He's, he's smart about his picks. He's There's no more Prague Marath influencing him on who he picks and what you know bringing any money ball football stats to to influence that he's going to go back to what he's known to be right and so it's going to start with o-line and probably work his way down through all the the missing gaps that need it that's what i think so looking ahead that's if there's one positive to bring forward that's what i see week in and week out from
1: from here to the rest of the season old man davis your thoughts it's not important to be consistent it's important to be right. Well, there's a lot of things on my mind about this game, about uh, looking ahead into the future. I thought Blaine did a hell of a job with, with what he had to work with. I thought Anquan Bolden played a hell of a job uh, securing his place, uh, not only as a leader, but as still as a competitor in this league, mm-hmm. given his age. Yes, Project Tom Jim Sula is over. Termination complete as of Monday, if it were my team. That's not the case. Jed York, good luck with that, and swallow your pride, because a lot of this good ball left for you to chew on.
0: I think he's got he's to be done, right? Like, come on, we talk about
1: this every week, like, we this the week, right? It took 50 passes for 30 passes to be completed. That's a lot of passes for Blaine, but I think he's, he's come a long way from his Jacksonville days, and... Uh, you definitely see a lot of mobility in him that not only did we not come to learn uh, in the preseason, or maybe uh, from our knowledge uh, during his Jacksonville years. So I think moving forward, he is still something to consider into the 16th season. Um, it's up to us to put the product on the field to win the game.
0: I think he's someone to consider, but I think for sure we have to draft a quarterback. First and ten, Gabbert pumps, throws end zone. It is intercepted. Those interceptions are starting to rack up, and those touchdowns are starting to go down.
2: Like, like we said earlier, I think and also that, the
0: O line can't two, protect him. Just like two of
2: the three were off, of Vance McDonald not securing the football. So if there were better hands in there, that stat line would kind of look more like one and one, maybe even two and one. Which Gabbard has been very good protecting the football. He's not as conservative as Alex Smith, but. He protects the football almost as well as Alex. And the thing is, he's kind of an in-between. He's better than Alex, but doesn't necessarily have the arm power or leg power that Cap has. So in that regard, he's kind of below Cap. However, he can read the field better than Cap and Alex. He can avoid sacks better than Alex and better than Cap. And he can uh, read defenses about as good as Alex. Alex is a pretty smart guy when it comes to defenses. He's just not He's not one of those improv guys like Manning on the, on the line. But Gabbert can do that stuff. So imagine... What he can do if he has protection, the right protection, and the right weapons around him to complement his skill set, I think you'd see a much similar winning trend, like you did Alex when Harbaugh took him under his wing.
0: But do you, you just think have we to still, have the right coach? Do we still draft a QB? Yes,
2: yeah, you just do to. it the later rounds for sure. You need okay. someone to sit on the bench. You know, Dylan Thompson is the only other option if Cap leaves. That's the only other guy. So you have to draft.
0: Yeah, I think Cap's potential departure is all dependent upon the incoming coaching staff and what, if any, plan they would present for Cap as far as him being a, the starting quarterback for the 49ers going into next season.
1: I think if uh, you guys can consider a Nick Foles or a Sam Bradford as a possible <laughs> substitute for Blaine Gabbert, given their play this season. Uh, specifically on Blaine, I think, yes, we've said it week after week. Let's look into hoping that the 49ers draft a quarterback in the latter part of the draft. Blaine hasn't had an opportunity to demonstrate his skills for a full season yet. Yes, this has been a season for him to get his feet wet, but I would say he is a type of quarterback that one should be given an offensive line to support him, wide receivers to pass to, a running back to hand off to that are dependable, and then only can we say, can we win with him. It's up to 11 guys on offense, 11 guys on defense, and 11 guys on special teams. I think what we saw uh, with Pittsburgh prior to Ben Roethlisberger showing up in for the Steelers, there was a lot of question as to who the quarterback was going to be. I think Philadelphia has had their issues with their quarterback after uh, Donovan McNabb had
2: yeah, tied. Yeah, to be honest, Ben Roethlisberger was not the prolific passer that he is today in those first couple years. It was very much relying on a strong running game and a stout defense.
0: I mean, and and now he even he's made shit, fifty pass like,
2: attempts today. He, he, they, they put a lot on his arm today. It just didn't. This is, there was a lot of drops and strips and, and tipped balls. The, the, the supporting cast did not support him. He's been sacked 17 times in the last three games.
0: Well, that, again, that comes down to that O-line. You know, that has clearly, the offensive line is so bad, and that's something that we don't even need to go deep into, because I think we felt like we spent five Goldcast episodes in a row this season talking about the offensive line.
2: Yeah, e- even with the mix, the mix matching that they've done this past week, you know, it's still, here's the thing, as long as you keep Pierce in there you are going to have trouble so I'm not sure you're out of playoff contention so give some other guys an opportunity you have nothing to lose literally you have nothing to lose other than your record so why not shake things up take more fourth down conversions take Eric Pierce out of the game you took Jordan Debbie out of the game but what did Eric Pierce he had like three holding calls against him today and not to mention the sacks that got through too so I just don't understand you know Tom Sula is not exactly making a great case for keeping his job with decisions like that that just just bonehead decisions rookie rookie mistakes that just tend to emulate
1: don't hire me again so we will only know in time whether or not Blaine Gabbert is a quarterback that we can depend on but so far it looks like it it looks far better than what we had with number seven
0: yeah it, it looks it looks better it looks more in line with the offensive philosophies that the 49ers have carried on for a long time. It, it, he very much plays in line with that. And I think that's, uh, and I think his particular skill set is a more complementary with that horrible offensive line. That's something we talked about last week.
2: If you want to play outside the pocket and outside the hash marks, then catch your go to guy. But no team in the NFL uh runs an offense like that on a regular basis it's no. kind of a, a schematic thing that you do like every other series or something like that it's not something that you say hey this is we have an outside the pocket you know boots and waggles and things like that i know they tried to do that with cap this year to kind of help him because he does tend to play better when he plays outside the pocket like that however You can't run an offense consistently like that and expect to win on a regular basis. It just won't work. Eventually, that quarterback has to sustain himself within the pocket, and Gabbert is capable of doing that. It's his time down here.
1: (laughs) My last thoughts are I thought uh, Navarro Bowman did an excellent job and, you know— hyping up uh, the defense as well as the uh, team overall and uh, just letting the team know that it's still a game to be played for whether or not they're in or out of the playoffs we're a team and if we call ourselves a team and we have a bad game it's our job to respond
0: ray you were saying comeback player of the year your hopes
1: oh yeah
2: well he's gonna go to the pro bowl he's second in the nfl in tackles he's gonna he'll most likely win comeback player of the year considering the injury and considering that he's still atop the nfl um, in, in, in defensive categories, that's saying a lot to not only his work ethic and getting back to the field, but uh, how he's been able to uh, bounce back considering the nature of the injury. Um, defensively, in points allowed at home, the Niners are number one, only allowing an average of 15.9 points per game. Um, however, they are so bad on the road, and it hasn't, oh, and 15.9 hasn't always been the case um, at home either or so bad on the road and 15.9 hasn't always been the case at home either that statistically uh, they just they're dead last in every category regardless of that home stat and I just don't understand why Mangini can't get that defense to pack that same mentality on the road as he does at home
1: the fans are probably you know they're probably fed up you know if we were if we were winning you know they, they'd have stayed in the stadiums my last uh, remark is uh, to Jeep Jesus Christ uh, that man needs to just go back to the drawing board. Uh, you don't let a team score 21 points over you, and you don't come up with nothing other than a zero in the first half.
0: You mean like when you say go back to the drawing board? Like he should become like a, a comic book artist and quit being a an peanuts
1: gallery artist. Peanuts gallery artist. That's it. Just. Or
0: maybe he just draws, like, sketches of the players on the sideline. Uh, like, we were and
1: talking things. about X's and O's. Maybe he should just draw varia- variations of X's and O's. He <laughs> just doodle. He just, just doodle. Just a bunch of doodles. Remember when we used to doodle stuff after the game? Yeah, do that. Keep doing those
0: doodles. We like the doodles. All right, so next up, guys, we're going to talk about something that got a lot of traction on our Facebook fan page, Facebook.com slash 49ers Goldcast, the... A little article about the 49ers being for sale. But first, a word from our sponsor. If you're looking for the latest and greatest 49ers podcasts, then look no further than right here. The 49ers Goldcast. Funny, passionate, and simply the best. The The 49ers Goldcast is the only podcast that represents the Bay Area fan perspective. Hosted by Rudy Solis III, Raymond Solis I, and Old Man Davis, the 49ers Goldcast is the voice of the faithful. You can download the latest episode of the 49ers Goldcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube. Be sure to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 49ers Goldcast. All right, so are the 49ers for sale? This whole Are the Niners for Sale rumor started floating around after an article that, Raymond, you posted on the Facebook fan page for the Gold Cast. It was by Scott Osler of the San Francisco Chronicle. The Cron. With this- bay the <laughs> bay, 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 Area. The Chronicle. Don't oh. give me no bammer. Wait. Don't give me no bammer. So his only major real point being that Prague Marath Pierogi Marathon was removed from the president's chair, and his theory was that so he could focus on the sale of the team. What do you guys think? Because this has gotten traction. There's like been several. There's been some counter argument articles about it. There's been some articles pushing in the direction of it. What do you guys think? O- o- Old Man Davis, are the 49ers for sale? Holy shit! He's here. Uh, well, I did, I did 49ers for sale? Is that what I just
2: heard?
0: That's what we said.
2: Oh, hell no, they aren't. i have been here and think going up for sale. Gold's going up for sale, but no, no 49ers. How the hell you going to have the 49ers up for sale? We just built a stadium called Leavon Stadium.
0: That, 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 that's true, Sourdough Sam. Sourdough Sam with a rare appearance on the Goldcast when the team loses. But Ouch! That's that's rough.
2: Sourdough Sam's very sour today.
0: That's right. And what about that dough? Are they are they putting that dough up? Is the Niners for sale? As
2: far as the sun can set, I don't see any sale going.
0: Sourdough Sam says no sale. They're worth billions. He's already
2: a billionaire with that stadium.
0: Yeah, it. it I don't know if they're for sale. I think it's. I think there's a lot of conjecture in that article. I don't know if they Forty 49 percent. It would be great. It will it'd be great if we got someone in that really cared. If we got some the owners like the guys who own the Cleveland Browns, and no, it'd be horrible. It'd be the worst.
2: The the franchise is too important to let it fall down the pipeline, you know, the way of Detroit and or Cleveland. So when you have a franchise as renowned as the Forty ers I mean, what do the owners think as in terms of like the overall business? The, the business of the NFL and how the Niners fit into that business and how they're not generating the business that that franchise has been expected to generate in years past more recently the last 5 years. I think the article's interesting the way it's presented. It certainly gets me thinking, you know, as far as an actual team sale going. You know, yeah, I'm with you Rudy. I don't think it could happen, but I think it is. It's good chatter and It's good it's good to chat about.
0: Yeah. I don't care who owns the 49ers as long as we're successful. No offense, I know Jed's a huge fan of the 49er Goldcast. I don't I'm not trying to offend, offend you, Jed, but he's called in several times but we don't we're not doing it. Yeah, anything. don't hold us accountable. Yeah, sorry. And like we say on the the Goldcast press conferences, we cheer to win. We don't cheer to lose. All right. So, moving on to our second of the last segment of the evening are playoff predictions, which at this point aren't much of a prediction because they're pretty much tied up. We're basically done at this point. But let's see. Let's start with who we have. Let's go with just who we have in. I think that's the most important part. What do you guys say? Let's just talk about who is in and how close how close we came this week to who's in. Raymond, you first. Who's in and who are your is your final pick, basically?
2: As far as the AFC is concerned, the teams I have in thus far, starting with the AFC East, I have the New England Patriots, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Pittsburgh Steelers. On the South, I have the Indianapolis Colts, which is turning out to not be a great pick. Hmm. And I have the Denver Broncos. Uh, Despite losing today, they'll most likely still get in. Having said that, the final team that I have, into this mix and this was kind of before they got on their hot streak was the kansas city chiefs i really like the way they're playing um they've also won since starting one and run off eight straight wins alex smith is playing some of his best football right now i really like what i'm seeing out of him plus i have a soft spot for alex he took a lot of a lot of shit here in san francisco so to see him coming out on top uh, at least as far as winnings concerned uh, it's good for him and the nfc side starting with the nfc east i have the giants in on the north, I have the Minnesota Vikings, the Green Bay Packers, the Carolina Panthers. How could you not pick them? And in the west, I have the Arizona Cardinals. And regrettably, I need to add the
0: Seattle Seabirds into that mix. That's your final team. So you were five for one in both in both uh, conferences total this year for your playoff predicts. Yeah. Playoff predicts, because that's what we think about all the remaining teams.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He'd be praling.
0: And Dick. Dick. All right, uh, that was a Wayne's World reference for anyone under the age of 30. Old Man Davis, <clears throat> your picks. God saying to Wayne, if he was an ice cream flavor, he'd be Pralings
1: and Dick. It's from Wayne's World 1. For the AFC, I had my picks to be the Cincinnati Bengals, the New England Patriots, the Denver Broncos, unfortunately, like Ray, the Indianapolis Colts, And the Pittsburgh Steelers. My new team, as it stands, based on the schedule, I'm going to stick with the New York Jets. Wow. I'm going with the Jets on this one.
0: What's your record for the AFC right now? What are you?
1: Five and one. Five and one. If they get in. If they get in. If I had to pick between the Chiefs and the Jets, I'm going with the Jets.
0: Wow. Over the Chiefs. Over the Chiefs. What a gutsy call. That's my bold prediction. That's your bold prediction. And I haven't given
1: one yet during this segment. You haven't? No. On the NFC side I have the Carolina Panthers, the Arizona Cardinals, the Minnesota Vikings, the Seattle Seahawks, the Green Bay Packers and I kept them out thinking that they might just have it over the last two weeks and they've proved right. I'm going with the Washington Redskins. Nobody would have thought especially what took place With RG3 and the coaching, but they have risen from the grave. From the grave, from the ashes. And they will be first team out, not even an opportunity to make it past game one. (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
0: So my predictions, I have swept the AFC. Cincinnati Bengals, you're in. New England Patriots, you're in. Denver Broncos, you're in. Pittsburgh Steelers, you're in. Kansas City Chiefs, you're in. Unless the Steelers don't make it in, but I'm pretty sure they do. And my final pick, I did not trust the AFC South at all, which is why I waited until they showed me their colors. I'm going with the Houston Texans that they're in. So, And if I get this right, I will sweep the AFC Conference. Now, unfortunately, I got real gutsy. In that NFC, and I just had to pull a Raymond Solis the first from 20, from the 2015 season and say for the 20, 2015, 2016 season, I now predicted that the Seahawks would not get in. Last year, Raymond did. This year, I did it here. I chose the Green Bay Packers, the Carolina Panthers, the Arizona Cardinals, the Minnesota Vikings, the Washington team. All those I chose. And I guess I have to choose somebody. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm just going to stick at five and one because I'm wrong. If I had to choose somebody this week that even though I know I would go with – if I had to take one team, if I said there's one team that I think might sneak in, might sneak in from this spot, my guess would be the New York Giants.
1: All right,
0: so – uh, that looks like – it looks like uh, I will win the nothing award because we don't really have anything that we win from this. But it looks like this year I, – I, I won again. Didn't I win last year too, didn't I? You the I won the our playoff – yeah, I won last year's playoff. Well, it was – I think it was about a year.
1: You did win. I did. Well, I
0: won last year. But I won let's this get something too.
1: straight. Season's not over yet.
0: Season's not over. If the, the Steelers – if the Steelers go out, then I'm tied and we all tied. That's I, true. And just
2: because – we, I, we mentioned our six teams that are in. I still have to eliminate some more teams. <laughs> I'm not done eliminating.
0: <laughs> Even though we have two weeks left. All right, gentlemen, moving on to our final segment of the evening. It's all about that money. That football. That check-in. That green grass.
2: Those rings.
0: Celery. Those chips.
2: That broccoli.
0: Dinosaur skin. That brontosaurus meat. Half the Packers uniform. Safeway gift cards. Even the bottom half of the Green Bay Packers uniform. Half the A's uniforms. Detroit turf. Moolah. The $2 bill. Fetty Green. The $3 bill. Frosted Flakes. Molded Frosted Flakes. Captain Crunch Frosted Flakes.
2: Honey Nut Cheerios. Honey Nut Cheerio plant leaves. Apple Nut
0: Cheerios. Fruit Loops, the green ones. Oregano! Oregano! Raymond, before we go into our our Vegas predicts, why don't you tell us where the game is going to be held and what's the deal?
2: The next game will be on the road. Yay. <laughs> on the road, Sunday, December 27th at Detroit, 1 o'clock p.m. on Fox. You can watch two Jewish teams battle it out to find out who is shittier this Sunday.
0: Beautiful. Awesome. So the Detroit Lions – I'm not even surprised by this, are seven and a half point favorites. Question is, gentlemen, do you
1: take that bet? Sorry, let's go through this one more time. You do take that bet. You collect and you go home and wait for the next season because the San Francisco 49ers are done for the season. I said that earlier this month and I said it late last month. They are done. Detroit Lions, Megatron, get ready. You got another W. Goldcast. Red and gold, faithful, get rich, but don't try dying, doing it. Raymond,
0: do you take that bet? Detroit Lions, seven and a half point favorites.
2: Oh, yeah. They're playing at home. That's an easy one. I mean, they lost to St. Louis this past week, but that was in St. Louis, and St. Louis has a decent defense. And Detroit, but Detroit at home, I'm going to take Matt Stafford and Megatron all day. <coughs> oh, so- Megatron-y. Take that bad! I'm going to say they win by uh, 13 points. Wow. They lost by 10 points? today. They're going to, yeah, they're going to lose by a touchdown and a field goal.
0: Wow. They're going to almost double the spread. So you're taking the over on the spread for sure. Wow. Well, there isn't a whole lot to prove you wrong. So kind of to give you guys a breakdown of what the next two weeks are going to look like, our 49er faithful our friends our fellow fans the the faithful next week we're going to be delivering our gold cast awards we did this last year on week 17 we delivered our gold cast awards and then in our final week we are going to have our season in review and kind of look a little bit towards the next season and what is going to happen So that's what the next two weeks are going to look like. Next week are going to be the very famous Gold Cast Awards. Be there or be square. All right. So Raymond where can they find us
2: you can like us on facebook simply type in facebook.com slash 49ers goldcast you can follow us on twitter at 49ers goldcast you can also subscribe via itunes stitcher and youtube that way you will get notified via your smartphone on the latest and greatest of our episodes as they become live to the public tune in now
0: Boom. Raymond, where can they find you?
2: They You can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis. You can also follow me on Instagram at Ray Solis1. Happy New Year, follow me. Do all that jazz.
0: You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Rudy Solis3rd. 3RD. Rudy Solis3rd.
1: Old man Davis, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me in Detroit. I'm going to be uh, setting up uh, my tent and my table uh, ready for that uh, tailgate it's gonna be the 49ers tailgate uh, right outside the stadium just look out for Old Man Davis I'll be sure to uh, wave high at me. Wave high at Old Man Davis.
0: So, gentlemen, concludes another edition of the 49er Goldcast. We are the Bay Area Fan Perspective, a.k.a. the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Solisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host.
2: Raymond Solisa First, baby.
0: And our esteemed co-host. Ho, ho,
1: ho,
0: ho, 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 ho. Old Man Davis. That's right. Have a very Merry Christmas, Bay Area, San Francisco, 49ers faithful around the world, and a Happy New Year. We'll see you next week. Same Goldcast time. Same Goldcast channel. Simply the best. You're simply the best. Uh-huh. Simply the best.
2: Yeah, they be slipping. That's
0: bullshit, brown that's bullshit. Kaboke.
1: Kaboke. Kaboke. he Dude, I'm, I'm friends with Miss Main.